Joan Breibart, Body Conversations, and it's episode four, season three. About a week ago, after I uh, watched Bill Maher's show, which I always do, I thought, wow, this wokeness thing is worse than I even thought. He had on Megyn Kelly, and listening to the two of them, I felt there wasn't any way out. And I immediately recorded something, another podcast, and uh, then what happened? More craziness. The Mr. Potato, Dr. Seuss. I mean, it was just a week of embarrassment because that's what wokeness is, embarrassing. And it made me go back to 1975 when I worked for the largest hairdressing uh, hair salon organization in the world. Obviously, we had a lot of uh, gay men who were hairdressers in our salons all over the world. And I can remember talking to one of them, a very talented young guy, maybe he was 21, and uh, he was just booked every, every half an hour. Um, and people uh, thought he had tremendous uh, potential, and he did. And uh, he was handsome and had great style and taste and loved hairdressing. And so it was just 100% positive, right? And he would get into the salon at maybe nine and there'd already be women waiting for him. And uh, all day long, of course, you know, in this business, lunch is the busiest time. And so wasn't time to, you know, sit down and have a nice uh, meal. But um, he didn't have any food, so that made it easier. Um, basically, he existed on cigarettes, coffee, and American Beaujolais, commonly known as Coca-Cola. And he would do that during the day until finally his last client left. And then he would um, leave and go to his apartment and get all uh, dressed in uh, his fabulous leather outfits and begin the evening activities, which considered of all of those elements plus drugs and alcohol and group sex. At that time, there was an, uh, a club called um, Continental Bass, which actually had been, maybe, and it still was, I guess then, um, a place where you would get steam bass. And the floor, as I remember, was always wet, not just with water, but with uh, semen for the most part. And there was group sex going on even during the entertainment. Bet Midler used to perform there. So uh, it's a time when uh, gay men were, you know, liberated and they wanted to do what they had to hide doing before or they couldn't do before. And this was the lifestyle. So one day I'm talking to this particular fellow. Of course, there were thousands and thousands of uh, hairdressers working for us. And I said, look, I'm no doctor, but I just can't see that this is a sustainable lifestyle. I mean, I hope in the evening you get some uh, 
nourishment at like dinner or something, which I, I think was probably part of it because he, although he was very thin, but of course everybody was thin. Everybody wanted to be thin. You couldn't be too thin or too rich. But um, so of course what happened was um, he got sick. So many got sick, but no one knew why. In fact, it wasn't until, we're talking 1975, it wasn't until 1981 that uh, this was identified as AIDS. And then the split began, the split which has continued. People wanting to show their sympathies and uh, be politically correct. And so um, these poor people, and uh, none of this was their Fault. They were someone sneezed on them and they got this uh, virus. But of course, it was really 20th century syphilis. And um, but there wasn't any treatment. Not like well, there wasn't then either when it started syphilis. But anyway, so um, and then there were people the exact opposite, of course, who were uh, sick of this and thought it was, you know, their own fault and uh, we should ignore them. So, but there was nobody who had any rational approach to this. Okay, this is a new, or it seems to be a new virus. We have to find treatment, we have to take care of the people. At the same time, they need to uh, curb some of this behavior because uh, it's obviously not helping their health. Right, And that's when I saw myself really uh, separate from my peer group, all of whom were in the, you know, the mushy PC, um, oh, isn't this awful and nobody's to blame and blah, blah, blah. And of course, this has just continued and continued. And now we're, we have this woke thing. And of course, it's, um, it's really a symbol of our our complete decline, uh, you know, trying to cancel people. And it's, it's actually because, I know this sounds strange, but people don't have enough to do. They really don't. And that's part of why people are constantly on edge, because they know that. I mean, it's not like people have real jobs um, for the most part. I mean, the kinds of people who are doing this are not picking up garbage or, or bedpans or, um, you know, cooking meals in a restaurant. They are people who have these kinds of jobs that are professional or well, I don't know what you call They're in tech or some kind of marketing and they're, they're really not real, right? And they have too much time and what happens is they go off on these tangents. But um, nevertheless, here's where we are. And the other part, of course, of Bill Maher's show, which I then saw again Saturday on Friday night, was his going back to why didn't Fauci, at the very beginning, start to um, caution people about uh, their obesity, you know, their fatness. Um, not overeating and using this time when they weren't going to be at restaurants um, and parties with endless buffets and business meetings with all kinds of food and drink and whatever. Um, 
that they should uh, close their mouth sooner and open it less often and start to shrink their bodies because, all oh, this is just a guesstimate, we're really toting around here in America about 8 billion extra pounds on our, what, 330 million bodies. So Bill Maher seems always surprised that uh, Fauci won't do this, but he doesn't know because he's not in the weight loss business the way I am, that the CDC, the NIH, um, the, all the food businesses, the uh, politics, everything has been geared to getting Americans to overconsume mudding the numbers so they don't feel bad about themselves as they size up. And so, you know, the CDC is totally complicit. They, um, they use this BMI that we created here. And it's not the BMI that other countries use, but ours is just fabulous. If you're a five foot six inch woman, I am, so I use this one. Um, and, um, I weigh 185 pounds. Of course, I weigh about 123 pounds. I don't know. I don't have a scale. But anyway, um, guess what? I'm not obese. I'm not obese, right? Because if I were obese, then I would feel bad about myself. And maybe I wouldn't spend more money on food or exercise or getting gallons of water to flush away the calories. Okay, it's all money. It's all business. It started out innocently in 1963 with Weight Watchers. But... Like everything else in America, it took on its own life and no one started to think, where, where is this leading us? I looked at an article in Self Magazine. It was April 1987, the actual physical magazine. And there was a two-page spread with uh, six females going from a height of 5'1 to 5'10, which in 87 was like a giant of a giant. And it was... What does 125 pounds look like on different body heights and shapes? It's a joke. I mean, if you look at this today, you couldn't even publish anything. It would have to be the, the two would be a, a seven. Okay, maybe a six. And when you consider that the real measurement, and I'm not even going to talk about the World Health Organization, which now says 35 inches, your waistline, you're obese. I'm going to go back to what all the doctors trained in before they dreamed up the BMI, and that was the HAMWI, H-A-M-W-I, which frankly, no one knows. I could ask a thousand people a day, what? What's that? But if you ask a doctor who's 50 or more in age, um, they'll just come right back and tell you, and it's very simple. At five feet tall, if you're female, you should weigh a hundred pounds, and for every inch, you add five. So if you're five foot six, your ideal weight is 130. And if you then weigh 30 pounds more, which of course was always what was considered obese, you'd be 160, you'd be obese. And 185 now, you're not obese. For a man, it would start at five feet tall and you would be um, not 100, but 106 and every pound would be six. So you see that they had to drop this because it was bad for business because obviously it would mean people couldn't keep eating and eating and eating and we all of this travel with these buffets and the cruise ships where it's nothing but eating. That's really what you do. You go on and you move around and eat. So um, anyway, it's, it's, um, it's too late. I mean, uh, 
during COVID, uh, people at first were talking about gaining um, the, the freshman 15 is what I guess it's called the COVID 15, but it looks like it was more than that as a COVID 25. Someone I know who lives um, thousand or so miles from New York City where I am, told me about being in Walmart recently and a woman north of 450 pounds probably fell down right in Walmart and she was wearing some kind of uh, you know tent-like dress to cover her size and it flew up and it was around her shoulders and you could see her body and her underpants or whatever. Nobody wanted to go over and assist her to get up. I mean, actually, you'd have to be pretty strong to do that, right? Finally, uh, someone said they should do something before they would, you know, maybe call an ambulance, it seemed that was needed. Um, they now have ambulances with extra large gurneys and whatever. And um, they took this little fencing that, that a store might keep for uh, the, the time when something could spill and the floor would be wet and they wouldn't want anyone to slip and hurt themselves. And they fenced her so that it, you couldn't exactly see that there was this huge whale-like human um, whose body was exposed. Now, you know, Wally, the movie from 2008, we all know that this was predicted. But when someone tells you about it, and it's happening right now, and at the same time, I'm talking to an affluent PC woke wellness bitch in New York, who's maybe 40 and has two residences and two degrees and plenty of money. And she says that she will never, ever eat indoors again. Now, in Manhattan, maybe other places, uh, restaurants have constructed these outdoor sheds so that you would not be in an enclosed space uh, and get COVID, right? Of course, let's stop for a second, and everybody should repeat, and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal and every other in New York Times, 80%, and I now hear sometimes 85 90% of people who get this, even in America, where we're so damaged physically, feel nothing or what they feel is no more than a bad cold or something. And uh, that the only people that will suffer are people who are aged and huge and, of course, very obese and they have diabetes and they have what they call comorbidities or, you know, they could be just be men who have apparently, as we all know, um, immune systems that are not as um, primo as females, and um, on and on and on. So we, we do know the numbers, 500,000 deaths here, though we're only 5% of the world population, and... Um, 2,500,000 for the rest of the world. So we're a tiny percent of the population and we have 20% of the deaths. Now, of course, there are a lot of people saying that's because we don't love Jesus Christ. And, um, but that's not true. This is the most religious country of, you know, supposedly uh, 
affluent, um, sophisticated countries, Western Europe, etc. And of course, we're going in one direction. We just put on the Supreme Court a woman who is not only a Catholic, but in a Catholic cult. Um, and the rest of the world is going in the other direction where they've recognized that religion is the biggest con job ever. So I don't know whether they can claim that it's because we're bad. That's what happened during AIDS, as you may remember. Oh, God's punishing us because um, the Bible says whatever. And now God is punishing us again for some reason. But it's, um, it's not punishment for... Uh, not loving uh, God, it's punishment for being gluttons. Gluttons, that's what we're talking about. But it can't work to discuss it in that term because it doesn't help all these industries, the diet and the exercise and the water and the meditation and the blah, 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 spas and on and on. So again, everything in this country is about money. Now, Bill Gates has a book out about um, climate and the problems, and I haven't read it, just started, but I don't really think he's going to recognize that we grow and we eat in this country twice the quantity that we need, certainly at this point, and this is what goes on daily, daily. I cut out a, a photo uh, and I send it to some people, and of course it makes them really angry. It's a recent photo, and I think it was in the New York Times, of a mother and a daughter. The daughter's probably about 11, the mother maybe in her late 30s, both of whom are extremely obese, and they've just gotten free food, two boxes. And of course I then say things that no one wants to hear. Oh, only two boxes, these people need more. Give them more food. The reality is, and this is scary, is that 50% of the country needs almost nothing to eat. And that means, what are we going to do? Because it's bad for the economy if people actually don't eat. But of course they have to eat because we need to keep the restaurants and the economy growing. So of course the price of food has to go up substantially and people are going to have to then adjust to eating less and less because they can't afford to eat as much as they'd like to stuff in, and we have to stop with the free food unless we have a person who is actually underweight. Now, when you look at the underweight statistics in this country, um, apparently it's about 2%, right? And if you then looked at that 2%, that tiny number of bodies, you, what would you find? You find these people are models and dancers and actors and TV personalities. And um, yeah, there are some adult people who are um, thin. A couple of them I see on my street all the time. And I don't know whether it's because they're spending their money on crack because they're clearly addicted to crack. And so that's their choice. I'd rather eat or I'd rather have crack. They'd rather have crack. Um, it's very hard when you come to children because you, you can have an obese child who's 11 and then maybe they'll grow two inches and won't be obese. Though we're not seeing too much of that. 
Um, you would think that'd be natural. How can you grow vertically and horizontally at the same time? But it's happening. So basically all I'm saying here, and I'm going to continue it until the, uh, the end, we started off with a damaged population physically, and COVID has just highlighted how damaged it was. We should never, ever have closed this country down. New York City has been ruined by Como. I think I'm going to do something about that in terms of a nice little uh, analysis. But um, we did, and we did it because of the wellness bitches. It's not because anyone could have a rational discussion about the trade-offs. Yes, maybe more people would die, but you know, who are these people? And what is it going to mean to all the people with a living death? All the businesses that people slave to build that will never open, the jobs that will never come back, the stupidity of working at home, so how can restaurants survive? Um, everything is a team. Oh, it's a team, right? No, people worked in an office so the boss could look at them and make sure they were doing it. That's another podcast. Um, so anyway, it's all um, too late. The mistakes are made. Um, and no one ever wanted to talk about this rationally, analyze the trade-offs, and make decisions. It was just a rush because even one death was too much. That's what Donald Trump said. Now, obviously, he didn't believe that. I mean, he doesn't give a damn. Um, and that was probably one of the few really phony things he's ever said because though he doesn't tell the truth, he's a great con man, really great. Um, he's normally not trying in any way to be PC, and that's just totally PC. One death, we have the overpopulation of the world, you know. Maybe we should have looked at how many people this might um, eliminate and what would that do to the environment, right? But of course, it's not going to make a dent in overpopulation, you know, a few million people dying. So, um, I'm going to keep documenting this because I really don't think anyone can pull it together, connect the dots, see what's happened. They're very important military people and politicians and economists who are writing furiously about the decline of America and all our military overreach and our deficit and the um, income disparity and inequality and the fact that the rest of the world is not so happy to be with us anymore and the rise of China and yes, all kinds of important and accurate information and that is affecting this country and that will contribute to our decline. But nobody, none of these big shots ever looks at, you know, what's happened to our bodies and minds whether the mind is turned into some mean, you know, religion-loving, crazy gun person, or it's turned into some wimpy, woke, uh, everything is okay. I mean, think about gender-neutral pronouns in a country where people with Ivy League degrees say between you and I. It's between you and me. Or they start a sentence with, Jane and me will be over soon, right? Of course, that's not correct. They don't know the difference between less and f 
fewer. They don't know amount and number. They don't even speak correct English, and they graduated from Ivy League schools, and they are on television as journalists talking, talking, talking. But meanwhile, we have to have gender-neutral pronouns. So, you know, again, the principle of trade-offs, which has always been what people use to make decisions, is totally absent when you don't have any common sense. People probably don't remember, but we, we made an amendment to the Constitution, I think it was 1919, to prohibit alcohol. Right? I mean, an amendment. And then what happened? All sorts of illegal activities. And finally, very shortly, within 10 years or so, everybody is saying, we're creating criminals. We're making more criminals. This is nuts. And so we stopped prohibition. I think it was 1933. Um, and we had to do another amendment. But wow, this tiny thing. Let's look at the Electoral College, which should have been disbanded ages ago. 220, Bush Gore, remember that. Then we have Trump and uh, Secretary Clinton, remember that, 216. And now we have the recent one where Donald and uh, Biden. And that, so should anybody have been in the Capitol on January 6th? No, because we shouldn't have had an Electoral College. It should have been gone a long time ago like prohibition, and very easily and very quickly because people had common sense. They could make trade-offs. They understood when they made a mistake, it needed to be corrected and quickly. But that's all gone from us. So how will our decline be week to week? What will happen? And uh, I have some ideas. I'm sure other people do. But the biggest thing is that really no one understands that it's going to happen and we will be completely different in a few years when COVID, I mean, COVID's almost over um, and everybody's thinking we're just going to bounce back. What are we going to bounce back to? We were already in trouble before and now we have this huge debt plus we have very sick people. The majority of Americans are seconds. That's what we used to be called when you buy some dress where the hem was not straight and you get a cheap price because it was a second. Damaged goods. And now we have really damaged minds. So um, I have some more to say and I'll say it. I hope you listen because you have to prepare yourself. I'm going to be 80 next month and, um, you know, uh, it's not going to affect me so much. But if you're a millennial and the Generation Z, you need to be planning because your options are going to be so, so limited. Bye-bye.